The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Welcome to The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra with me, Tara Lockery-Grant, and our producer, Ola McGowan. As you can probably hear in the background, there's something new about this week's show. We are, for the first time ever, in front of a live audience! a very special event happening. We're here in House in Leeson Street in Dublin. Recently, you may have heard our interview with Denise O'Connor from Optimize Design. And whilst discussing design in Ireland with Denise, we found out that it is Optimize Design's 10th birthday. So what better way to celebrate than with all the company and the company's friends, a look back at 10 years of design in Ireland. And that's what we're doing now. So there is a great panel that has been brought together by Denise here in-house. And it is Amos Unkovich from Brand New Creative and also is a graphic designer. And also we have Ursula Chilano, an Irish designer, um, her very much inspired by contemporary Irish style. And also Ruth Maria Murphy, who is a photographer and also somebody who pulls together a lot of really inspiring ide ideas from her travel around the world on brand development with customers. I think we should give them all a big round of applause. Now, the woman of the moment, Denise, before we kick off and start really questioning uh, our panel, we look back, when you started the company, it was at the height of the Celtic Tigers, not too far away from the, the bubble bursting. Yeah. Since then, obviously, recession, very, very tough time in the country. Now we're starting to see, and we all discussed it earlier, a bit of an upward trend. Very exciting years for Irish design in Ireland. Can you talk us through those years and your journey through them? Definitely, yeah. Well, when I set up the company, I mean, I'd been working in London for a long time, and I'd always wanted to work for myself, came back here, and things were absolutely booming. Like, even coming from a really affluent place like London, Dublin was leagues ahead. I mean, it was just a crazy place, really, and everybody was doing so well. Um, and I really wanted to do something like what I had been doing in the UK. I felt there wasn't really anybody doing it here. So I set up the company in 2007. And the whole idea behind the company was to work with developers and work on new developments. And pretty quickly, all of that stopped. So we really had to start from the get-go thinking on my feet, trying to think, well, what can we do? So I was doing a lot of residential work, well-placed to keep going with that. So that's how the company has evolved. And now that's what we specialize in, in designing people's homes. So you're in the UK after studying UCD, but how did you start to build through those really tough years? I think it was, you know, I, I mean, I remember really early on somebody saying to me, it's all about relationships. And, you know, I was only 35. I had no idea what they meant. But now I totally understand that. And that's why all the people in this room... That's what it's all about. It's about the people that you work with. I mean, we work with the most amazing suppliers, contractors. That's everything to us in our business and obviously the team. Like without all these people here, it's not possible to do what we do. So you wanted to bring over your big picture, what you've been working on in the UK. No one had been doing it here, mm. but then the recession hit. Yeah. Design then its journey, if we could talk about like a character, what yeah. did that go through? And, and guys, you're up next. What did that go through during those well, it was actually really fascinating because when I came back, um, you know, coming from somewhere like London where everybody's striving to be individual, everybody wants to be totally different to everybody else. And then I came back here and all the people wanted was what the neighbour had or what their yeah. mom had or, you know, and they weren't confident to do anything unless they'd seen it somewhere else. So then suddenly the recession happened and everything stopped. And then slowly but surely, like 
people's decisions, their priorities shifted. Because what I noticed during the boom times, the questions were, well, will this add value to my home? Is this something prospective uh, buyers going to want? And then when the recession happened, nobody could sell their houses. That wasn't a consideration for them anymore. So they started making decisions based on themselves. Well, I like that. I'm going to do that. And suddenly it opened up a whole world of possibilities for design. So it's actually a really liberating thing. It was a brilliant thing. Yeah, it is. I can see you nodding there as well. Ruth, and um, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Since I, I emigrated myself and came back, but I came back in the good times, so I'm very lucky at the you, moment. You went to Toronto. I went to Toronto, and then yes. you came back. And when? I came back, and since I've been home, um, I've been photographing all the nicest homes around Dublin, and long may it continue, hopefully. Um, so I get excited now about going into homes because there's so much personality. The homeowner, you know, wants to inject personality into their home, and they're trusting their interior designer or their architect, and um, allowing that to happen. So. So every home I'm in is completely different and I, I just can't get over the, the surprise when I walk through the door. And, it's and you're exciting. working for Getty Creative. So I, when they're looking at, I mean, and many other publications yes, as yes, well yes. who are commissioning you, what type of things design-wise are they looking for? Yeah. What are they asking for? Well, I would describe myself as very much an editorial photographer or a design photographer. So I have a very specific sort of look and style about my work. So you have to want that. And that is what I'm finding. It, it suits me and it suits the people that are looking for my work. So Getty uh, Images, uh, very much editorial photography is what they're looking we're for. We're using them every day, so it's so nice. I love when I hear that there's Irish work and photography has been commissioned to get yeah. their work in there. Amos, technology, again, in the last 10 years, we're, we're looking at design, we can't ignore it. I mean, the internet of things, everything else that's here, and it's here, it's not tomorrow. Can you talk us through maybe the journey of that over the last 10 years? Yeah, sure. It's um, Technology is probably, we believe, is one of the major driving factors. Um, it has changed how design is... Uh, practiced, produced, made, accessed, traded, taught, and learned. You know, even for the actual process of graphic design, um, has just transformed because of the easy access to design tools and computer software. Um, communication is now made so simple. Um, you know, we work and collaborate with nearly you know, everyone in the world. And it's absolutely amazing, thanks to the internet. Um, you know, we've also... What we see, though, is also the rise and prominence of design-led companies um, like Apple and Google. I mean, hands up here if everybody who's got an iPhone. You know, it shows the dominance of the last <laughs> 10 years. Oh, I do. Um, but we've also seen, through technology, we've seen uh, disruption to major industries. And these aren't necessarily negative disruptions, but like, to major industries like the taxi industry. You know, you have a look at uh, Uber. My, uh, my taxi previously, Halo, iCabby, an Irish company, massive in the States. Not a lot of people know about them, but they're going to be massive. You know, we've also got um, the hotel and travel industry through Airbnb, you know, Flipkey, Trivago, um, PriceRite, and, Al uh, and Alphabet. You know, these are amazing services. I suppose m my last words on it would be it's through the democratization of design that is morphed everything and everyone and anything can design whether we see it as a positive thing we have to adapt to it we have to be very careful with it because us as the professionals and the design professionals in the industry whether it be interior photographer architecture graphic design product ux designer um, we have to be very careful with that power and you know we say every day you know uh, everybody has the right to design but not everybody has the right way to design 
Very good. I like it. The good line. <laughs> Ursula, we were talking earlier on about fashions and trends. You look and focus a lot on contemporary Irish design. So what is your view of where we are at and maybe a little bit of where we've come from? Um, I think the, uh, where we come from, I always love that phrase about uh, owing money that you don't have to buy something you don't need to impress people you don't like. <laughs> I thought that's always summed up the Celtic Tiger very uh, absolutely, well. Absolutely, unfortunately, um, it's true. And I think the issue, the only issue that it is for everything now is sustainability. And if you look at uh, places in Ireland or experiences that have lasted, they, sustainability has been the core of it and good design, like uh, towns like Kenmare, Kilkenny, yeah. Google Docs area, parts of Ireland that we can all clearly see have been very carefully managed and well designed. Um, and they've uh, done well all through the recession. Westport, another, another wow. uh, town that has performed really well through, through, through hard times. I think everyone can see that. With sustainability being the only, is the most important issue we all face, and the growth of our own uh, self-expression through social media and other things, uh, means that fashion is becoming less important. Um, if, if you followed fashion entirely, you'd have to throw things out in your house all the time, and you simply cannot bring things to the dump. Mm -hmm you have to recycle it or do something with it. And I think it's making us all more conscious about the importance of good design, something that will last, you can keep, or you can give to somebody else. Uh, I spent some time in Sweden two years ago, and they have a culture where they do uh, yard sales all the time. It's, it'll be part of your summer holidays to have your yard sale. And they were saying, well, we, we buy things this way, and we also wouldn't like to put some junk outside that we've, you know, some children's toy that was just some plastic thing that, that didn't last. And we could do with a bit of that here, mm. probably. But I just like their philosophy uh, uh, that, that they were thinking ahead about passing things on and reusing things and not being so conscious of fashion, per se. Really, really interesting mm. points. Mm. And uh, as a punter, just to um, people who've just joined us and who are listening in now, it's the Lifestyle Show, and we're here at Optimized Design's 10th birthday in-house in front of a wonderful live audience. <laughs> <laughs> And we're here with a great panel as well. You just heard Ursula speaking there and we were sp speaking about Irish design and the, the trend that has changed uh, in contemporary design. Um, Ursula Chilano, Irish designer. You also have Amos Unkovich, who's a graphic designer, and also Ruth Maria Murphy, who's a photographer, and uh, Denise, who... Denise, looking back now, as, you know, you've got your company, Optimized Design, to 10-year mark. It's a big milestone. Mm. Where are we looking at? No pressure, but can you tell us about the next 10 years? <laughs> well, I think, and what I've seen, you know, and I find what's really exciting um, is that all of the disciplines are starting to merge, merge a little yeah. bit. So, you know, so there's oh, no. great opportunity Green now yeah. for any, like, like there's, there's architects designing stage sets and, you know, the diversifying, and there's so much diversifying within the industry, which is fabulous. How, as a punter, and again, listeners, mm. um, fans of all the work of many of the audience uh, here, of, of creators and designers, us punters and customers, why was it not always like that, and, and how is it changing? Well, it's really interesting, actually, if you go back, say, to the way, way back to the history of architecture, like the, the 17th, well, the 18th century, the architects used to do everything. Yeah. So they designed the furniture, the cornicing, the wallpaper, everything. Wow. There were no different disciplines. And then slowly over the years, the whole thing got a bit fragmented and, you, you know, it all got a bit separated out. And for me, that was, you know, there was something lost mm -hmm. because that's... That's kind of the reason behind me setting up this company was to fuse architecture and interiors because I just felt, you know, you'd have an architect design the building, they leave 
your white box and then the interior designer comes in and puts their stamp on it and there's no kind of coherency between the two. So now I think it's starting to come together and even with the likes of branding, like we would work with Amos a lot and um, say for developments where Amos might work on the, the brochures and stuff like that. He, he designs hoarding for us for, for our building sites, you know, so there's huge crossover in what we do but it's, it's all about the, the complete picture because that's it, in a sense what you're doing, you're, you're selling the, the complete picture and that's what people are you know invested in and that's what they want so and I, I want to get back to that in a second and something else just getting back to what Amos said is that Airbnb because obviously it wasn't around 10 years ago mm -hmm. as most of those companies weren't that you talked about and is there any evidence that people are designing homes to cater for Airbnb absolutely yeah I think so they're thinking about that type of client that are going to travel to Ireland and um, thinking what they would like to see and again keeping it timeless though at the same time because they know that how long will that trend last? You know, Airbnb, you, you don't know what technology's um, changing all of the time. So making your home very timeless. So a lot of the homes I photograph lately now, I find are very timeless in, in many respects. While there's lots of personality and color, they're choosing pieces um, much more carefully and everything's much more considered. And it's about light and form and function. You know, there's a lot of design principles injected into each space, which do last once you consider a space properly from the beginning, that will last the test of time. That's really interesting. And something else, I mean, Denise, you're just back from San Francisco. You all have traveled at different stages throughout your career. Multiculturalism and that travel, we're all seeing that influence. What is that influence? And are they, bring, are they demanding and wanting different types of homes because they're living here now? Or are we adapting their styles? How is it working? And maybe that to each of you. Yeah, well, I think it's fascinating because it was funny when I was in San Francisco, um, I think Instagram, is in all oh of yeah! Like oh my god! And it just you know people like even people here were all saying oh yeah I know you're in San Francisco. It's like how the hell do you know that? <laughs> yeah. So you know it's it's amazing. But there's a firm that I love called Genser that are a firm of architects, absolutely incredible. They've offices all over the world, and the hotel we were staying in had this huge sign "Welcome Genser." I was like, oh my god, is, are they here? And I checked their Instagram account, and sure enough, there they were waving from the bar. And I was like, oh my god, there they are. <laughs> so I think you know we've access now to so much that we just didn't have ten years ago. Yeah constantly updating this feed so you can see inside anywhere any home and anywhere no in the world yeah, you know I mean, I mean i'm from new zealand and you know uh, obviously it was a long time since i've been there but having moved my way across the earth to, to dublin in the last 16 years there are no borders no. i mean i've been working 17 18 years client side and having to travel a lot but it's all that synergy and that they have that consistency and professionalism you know people are wanting yes particular styles but you know everybody can can knows how to mold it now because of technology and mm. and, and all that sort of stuff i think it's also interesting as well i don't know if you want to come in on that as well ursula and and, and ruth in a second but also 10 years ago for people abroad to find out what you guys are doing here yeah. would yeah. have been very yeah, difficult absolutely. for me personally i have a small business and i use my own name and borders of lifestyle and privacy and uh, what you're doing as your life for your curated experiences it's all become a little bit too much. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and particularly the business of children, people's children who are really too young to know they're wearing a jumper made by so-and-so and they're on the beach that's near somebody's house, all fabulous. I find that I'm getting very much more uncomfortable about that the longer it goes on. And I've actually retreated from quite a lot of social media platforms because I just wasn't very comfortable with it. What I do love is Pinterest. Yeah, it, yes. And I, I recently was decorating my house and I, and I found that I had loads of boards and a bit like this room here lots and lots and lots of things all going on that really maybe don't all work together 
Um, and when my builder saw some of the things I was having, he said, well, this is my indoor swing and this is the window. He said, they don't really exist in real life. But they're, <laughs> yeah. just, they're just lovely photographs of designy things um, that make some kind of impact. But first, you can't have three of them in the same room. And also, that one doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you're saying that because the rest of us, when we're designing our dream home, should we win the lotto, which is going to happen, by the way. Yeah, so I think we've got a bit too Good. many things okay. probably off the internet. Yeah. And when we look around, like if you look at this room and sort of break it down a bit, you know, there's, there's industrial design going on. There's some kind of jungle theme. There's some Mexican thing over there. Wow. Um, I'm so glad you're getting saying this. To me, I would have said, it's cool. I'm pretty, and but I, I would think like it, it means then that those of us who work looking at design yes. and things, we, we see a trend too quickly, and we're over it too quickly. Okay. And we're just a little bit over-satiated visually now with all of these different things coming in. And it's nearly the things that aren't on Instagram or aren't on Pinterest that you don't photograph and don't share with people that are the treasures, not the things you see really too much of. Well, I, I just want to say, before we move on to talking about maybe affordability and where we're at now and how things have changed and how we've benefited from, dare I say it, because it broke us, uh, the recession. Before I get to that, we need you guys to speak more, whether it's design doctors, whether it's home of the year, whether it is room to, but we need a, a access to you so we can understand and learn more. So it's great that whether it's through the Irish Times or House or Getting Creative, that we can, this area is becoming much more accessible. Years ago, it was almost them and us. Now, as you said, you're working more together and then we, as the consumers and the customers can learn more about mm -hmm. it so that our homes are happier places to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we need that, God knows. But getting back to the affordability side of things, even on the website now, you have this idea where you can go on and you can put in your budget. Before it was almost, oh God, this is all I have. Mm -hmm. So can you each talk about that? How possibly the recession has now broken down that you can, of course, have your high level projects and you're, you, you can also have, uh, there's something for everybody that we can do. I think for me, um, I saw very quickly when the recession hit that just people couldn't afford an architect. It wasn't an option for them. And, you know, I, I so strongly believe that our environment is such a massive impact on how we feel, how we behave, how we interact with each other, that I really wanted to make architect services accessible. So we, we actually set up a service called Optimize Home. It's a consultancy service for an affordable fee, but it just gives people peace of mind, and it's hugely popular. Um, like, I think there is still that misconception that telling an architect how much you have to spend is a really bad idea. It's not at all. You know, unless we know what you have to spend, we can't advise you properly. So be it small or large, the more information you can share, the better Excellent. for everybody. Yeah. And Ursula? Ruth's <laughs> like, stop looking at me! Ruth, uh, Ruth! Yeah. Well, I suppose bringing it back to that um, educating people, I think with all of us having a design background for people who haven't trained in a design background, with the likes of social media, while there are the, the cons, the pros are that we can all share our knowledge and our training. And when you're, like if I'm photographing a house and I show it off, people could look at that and dissect it a little bit and see the image and maybe go to, you know, TK Maxx or wherever and find a piece and just try and emulate. So the budget doesn't necessarily have to be there when you're, you're providing and giving um, knowledge and, and images to people to, yeah. to work from. So it's aspirational, which, Aspir is, exactly. which is brilliant because yeah. then um, there are ways and means, as we know, to adapt that look and style absolutely yeah uh, it's about taste not yeah. budget yes <laughs> or or fashion or fa yeah, not fashion very good. either <laughs> yeah. i'd have to agree with um ruth i think um budget's one of the hardest things to bring up with a client mm. and as it from a branding and, and graphic design you try and do it very early on 
because we can then apply our analytical skills to come up with the creative solution to provide value through the company um, for our clients' products and services. And unfortunately, in this highly commoditized world, everybody just has to think to put a price tag on it. And if, at least if we can have the discussion initially on budget and affordability, and we have gone through the channels and educating them through the value of good design, um, and not just graphic design, but through architecture and interior design, if they can come in with a preconception that you can actually deliver a whole lot more than they were anticipating through social media, the affordable then the budget topic becomes a little bit easier. And as a graphic design company, you know, once we have a budget we can lock on to, then we can come up and be creative and we can deliver something that's going to help them in the end. Something else, you know, can design help with the housing crisis in all its facets? Again, I'd love to get your views on that. Mm. But definitely, like, I think there's a huge... Just a light little question. Yeah, nice and <laughs> There's a huge opportunity, I think, to improve the housing stock that we have mm -hmm. um, at the moment. Like, I, I know when I worked in the UK, that's kind of, you know, what struck me the most coming back here, because I did work for a year before I set up my own. And, you know, dare I say it, there's a lot of copying and pasting of plans and just rush them out, get it through. You know, there wasn't the time spent really analysing how people wanted to live. You know, for the future, like Ursula was talking yeah. about legacy, like is, is this a home that they could stay in? And then, of course, what happened, the recession hit and people were stuck in these homes they hadn't planned on staying in and they'd no, no kind of Infrastructure. nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that the homes just didn't work for, you know, two kids later, these houses just didn't work. So that's what we actually, through the recession, spent a lot of time doing was fixing these houses you know, getting rid of the million on suites and putting in a utility room, that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, there's a huge opportunity to improve what's there and actually build houses that people can stay in for longer periods of time. That's really good, actually, very interesting. Good design is, is, is no longer a nice to have. No. It's, it's becoming, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's the major driving factor of differentiation. Mm. And with property, I would say good design is from planning right through to delivery and launch um, is essential. Mm. And I think there is an old school of thought that has to come around and understand mm. the value of that design. And as, as I always will, it's the world of design. It's not just interiors and architecture, it's everything. And once you have that old school mentality mm. is educated in it, then yeah, I'd see mm. you know, yeah, what you're doing is absolutely amazing, the projects you're working on. It's, easy, it's as easy to do it well as it is to do it badly. It's just... Yeah where you start from, you know, and your focus and your plan for the future. So I just think there hasn't been the, the foresight there to, to think, well, where is this going to be in 10, 15 years' time? It's a much more immediate need that's been driving it. So, yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity yeah. to yeah. do things I've, better. I photograph for a lot of interior designers and architects, but I'm just recently seeing now property developers are inquiring about my services to photograph, which is a little scary because <laughs> property developers, you know, you don't associate really good design with them, but I do think they're catching on. I think it's catching on slowly but surely, and they're employing proper interior designers and architects now. So I photographed a couple of developments that are just much more ahead of the game that they were 10 years ago. It's, it's going in the right direction slowly Brilliant. but surely. It's, it's certainly always been very... I mean, I know it's the same all around the world, but a peculiar thing that new houses cost a lot less than old houses yeah. here, that we ha have had a, a fear of, of poor design with modern housing, sort of in our general property market. They're never as expensive, you know, in the particular areas if they're new. And that seems to be wrong, because yeah. surely they're better designed. Exactly. Mm. They're warm. Mm. Uh, but, but we do, as, as a nation, have a little bit of fear, I think, of... of 
of, mm. of new homes or new designs. It's often the infrastructure around it as well, isn't it? It's a fear that you're, you're sort of living yeah. in a whole new area and will they run out of money? Will it be finished? You know, so it's, it's, it's a leap of faith. But I think you're right. It's like take Scandinavia when they buy, you know, build a, a whole new housing development is totally different. They're, they're, they're the ones you want to live in because they are Big time. so well built. And yeah. they're paying high taxes for the infrastructure that will mm. be in place versus mm. the fear that we might have here. Mm. Now, we want to end on a high rather than um, <laughs> getting you guys to sort out the, the housing crisis. But one thing, if, we, if you could each make a point for us before Denise um, wraps up for us uh, about the future, that in your genre, in your area, that's exciting you now. I do feel excited being back in Ireland and uh, being a photographer um, specialising in interior and architecture photography. I'm excited uh, uh, each day now because I feel like we are moving forward and progressing and everybody is, you know, getting on board with timeless, good design. And I think, I don't think that's going to go away. I think it'll just keep, keep going, getting better. Good. Yeah, I would sort of bring it back to the democratisation of design in the last 10 years. It is essential that we all understand and take the time to learn the design um, because it can filter right through. Democratisation challenges established establishments and us as the design professionals can be a little bit nerved by that and a bit challenged. But I think, you know, as brand new, we think that you know, this has given us a great chance for fresh ideas and new ways of doing things. And so we believe it's absolutely a good thing and a positive thing, but we just have to be very careful with it. Very good. Now, before we do our final wrap up, <laughs> here's to the next 10 years of optimized design. And to the next 10 years for all of you in your respective areas. Thank you so much. You've been a really amazing audience. We've had an amazing panel, as Denise have said. This is the Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. You can follow us on RTE.ie and also on the RTE News Now app. I'm Tara Lockery Grant. Ola McGowan is our producer, and you've all been amazing. Thank you very much. The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra.